Well, Sweet 16 is, is where we are as a church. Just think in two more years, our church will be old enough to vote, you know, and that going to be great. So I don't know how we'll take advantage of that. But, but listen, I, I, as I think about just the journey, we started with less than 100 people and a couple of metal buildings that we couldn't even fill. And, and now we are overflowing in those metal buildings and we have built this new auditorium four years ago. And it has just been a neat, neat journey for us. I wanted to, uh, to share something with you guys. And you guys might be going, oh, birthday, look, swag bags, we're all getting a gift. I'm sorry to disappoint you. You're not. <clears throat> However, I want you to know that this is something that we give to everybody who comes for the very first time and they let us know they're here on their first visit, that we do this for them. Some people are, are planning their visit. We have something called plan your visit. We call PYV. And then other people that just come through our doors and they let us know, hey, it's kind of my first time. Can you help me? And we'll just take them over to our welcome center and we just put this gift in their hand. And there's, a, there's an insulated mug in here with Crosspoint on there. We've got a couple of other things in there for them that we give to them. And some of you guys are going, but I haven't been here that long and I didn't get one. Well, you came too soon. Sorry. <laughs> But this, this is something we are doing now. But I, I, want, I want to call this to your attention for one reason. And I might ruin it for a couple of you guys that are here for the very first time and certainly don't mean to. But, but we want people to have this, not just so that they get a gift from us and get reminded of the experience they had with us. But we want everybody in our church, when, when they see somebody carrying this bag, to realize that's somebody that's with us for the very first time. And I want to make sure that I'm welcoming them. That when you see this, this is an invitation for you to say something to somebody and say, it's good to have you here. It's good to see you. Hi there. Just, just go out of your way and make sure that you are being friendly to them. Well, we're going to be talking about for their future today. Just a one-time talk that we're going to be doing today for their future. And, then, and on, a, on our 16th birthday, it's just appropriate that we're going to be talking about the future. I, I started thinking about a, a future decision that uh, we had to make several years ago in our household. That, that when our oldest child was eight years old, Cheryl and I had to sit down and come up with a game plan. What are we going to do when it comes to college? You're right. That, that we had to have that conversation. Maybe a conversation some of you guys have had as well. We had already known and had already decided years earlier that we would pay for our kids' college. We also had reached a point where we had decided we did not want to go into debt to pay for our kids' college. And so when our son Noah was eight years old, we sat down and we started coming up with what's our game plan? What is going to be the way that we're going to go about? What sacrifices are we going to make? What investments? What, what are we going to do? What's going to be our approach to making sure that we have this covered? And, and we nailed down a plan. We have stuck to that plan. He is now in college, our youngest. We have two kids. She's getting ready to start college. And we've been able to stay true to that plan. But it's because we had a lot of time to plan for that as we were thinking about the future. When, when I think about our kids, you probably think this way too about yours, that, that what we want to do is we want to raise our kids in such a thing called adulting. They go into it kicking and screaming, right? They're like, oh, no, I'm not ready yet. I, I don't want to be doing that adulting thing. But that's what we want to do. We want to prepare them for them to be successful adults that are going to give back to the society that they are part of. That as they grow up, that they're going to have a faith that they're going to hold on to for themselves. It reminds me of a passage in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. And this passage says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. Now, that older part, that, that's kind of the catcher, 
right? Because they, they might leave it when they're younger, but, but we just instill this in them and, and, and we just keep praying. And when they're older, they're not going to depart from, they're going to come back to this path that we have laid out for them. When I, when I think about just the journey that our church has been on over the last 16 years and just how it's been a blessing for me to be part of it from the very beginning, that, that I, I think about just how we started and, and that humble beginning that we had as a church. And I think about, about where we are now. That when we were 10 years old, we were finalizing plans to expand and have more space and double our space. And so now we have been in this space for four years now as we are 16 years old. And, and we, have, we have grown and grown and grown, but we've not just grown in here. We've grown in other areas as well. One of the areas where we have seen some really significant growth is in our children's ministry areas. And so I've invited Dave Sarton, our children's pastor, for him to come out here. And I want him to share with you just some of the stories, the experiences that, that he's seeing take place in those areas and share with you some of the growth that we've experienced as well. Thanks, Will. Now, you might be surprised to hear me say this because I am the children's pastor. And if you don't know, that means I oversee the ministries from birth through sixth grade. And some of my favorite stories are about our 7th to 12th graders. You know, and the reason for that is I'm, I'm going to be watching several of my seniors graduate this year. Um, now, my biological kids, none of them are seniors this year. But I've got some volunteers who are seniors, and many of them have been volunteering since I came here. They were already volunteers. Uh, one of those is Mary, Will's daughter. She's a senior this year. So when I think about what Will was saying about planning for the future and about thinking forward, it also reminds me of one of our core principles in children's ministry here at Crosspoint, and that is to begin with the end in mind. To begin with the end in mind. So when I see preschoolers in our clubhouse and they're filled with wonder just playing with bubbles, or maybe some fifth and sixth graders, and they're cutting up and goofing off and probably daring each other to do stuff that they shouldn't, that are silly, or maybe even their small group leader is getting involved in this. My mind drifts to what will they be like when they're graduating? What will they be like when it's time for them to cross that stage and move on to what is next for them? And I pray that what we do now will impact who they are then. Because I think it's a very significant thing um, who they become. When they're graduating, they're ready to head on to college or a career or a family of their own. I wonder, will they be like Summer Morganroth? Now, Summer, I'll put a picture of her up here. Summer is one of our volunteers in Kids Venture. She leads a first grade group. She is fantastic with them. And I was talking to Summer recently, and she was sharing a little bit with me about her journey and, and where she's been in kids ministry. You see, when her family came to Crosspoint, she was in kids venture. And she was telling me, and she didn't want to just be like them. I mean, she actively pursued that. So a little summer here, as soon as she was in sixth grade, she started helping out in shop 56. And as soon as she was in seventh grade, seventh grade is the age at Crosspoint when we say you can serve without a parent 
in the environment with you. So she started serving in Clubhouse, and she was a helper in there, and she worked with our toddlers and our preschoolers and our pre-K kids, and two years ago, she moved from Clubhouse up to Kids Venture, and she became the small group leader for many of those kids that she had been working with. She had built a bond as her leadership grew she moved up to become the small group leader of those kindergartners. And this year, those kindergartners are in first grade. And I just thought that was a really neat story about what can happen when at every age we invest in people, whether they're in preschool, whether they're in elementary, and that cycle repeats itself. And that in and of itself was a cool story, but then I found out that's not all of the story. I was telling that story to one of our volunteers this week, and I was just excited about it and sharing how summer has grown because summer said, you know what? A lot of times on Sunday morning, the lesson we're teaching is just what I needed to hear. I hear that from a lot of our leaders. And she's like, I love being an example to these kids. I love being able to show them what life looks like and the joy that comes on their faces when they connect those truths that we're sharing in KV. She was like, I love that. So as I was sharing these things about Summer being a small group leader, the person I was talking to said, you know that my daughter is in her group. I was like, oh yeah. And she said, and Anastasia, she wants to be just like Summer when she grows up. So here's Anastasia in Summer's group. So that cycle is repeating itself. And I know that in a few years, Anastasia is probably going to be helping out in the clubhouse because she wants to be just like Summer. And then maybe someday, either in the clubhouse or maybe she's going to be in Kids Venture. I don't know where she'll end up serving, but I have a feeling her faith is going to continue to grow just like Summer's is. She's going to be leading a group. And then I'm going to have that bittersweet feeling that I have about Summer and Mary and Kaylin and all of our seniors where I'm thinking, they're about to move on to what's next. And it's going to be Summer. And there's going to be a boy or a girl in Summer's group, I mean in Anastasia's group, that wants to be just like Anastasia when they grow up. Because while Summer's story is amazing and it's touching, it's not unique. It happens over and over. We have kids that are inviting their friends. And their friends want to come back even when their friend isn't here, and they invite their parents. And as a result, it's a multiplying effect, and our kids' ministry is just growing and expanding. So to give you some numbers to that, back in 2014, we were averaging 195 in birth through sixth grade. In 2018, last year, we had moved from that 195 up to 279. That's a 43% growth in our kids' ministry in just a few years. And a few years from now, by 2022, we will probably grow another 40 or 45%, and we'll be close to 400 in our kids' areas. And I am not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, because right now in Kids Venture, we're over 30% above last year, just in that first quarter. We're seeing continued growth, and that means we're impacting a lot of families, a lot of kids, and there's just there's an opportunity to impact even more. Now, some of you are like, Man, that sounds like a lot of fun. I don't even know what you guys do in kids' ministry. Well, we've got a video. It's going to give you a little peek into what we do and where we're going. And I think even more importantly, you're going to get to hear directly from two families about the impact that Crosspoint Kids' Ministry has had on their families.
Jared Marbon. We started coming to Cross Point about nine years ago, and we were invited by our family friend, Jennifer Overly. Um, she actually invited my mother-in-law. We came because she didn't want to go by herself, and we've been coming every Sunday since then. Jensen is 12, Keller is 11, Cullen is 5, and Tessa is 3 months. We had a, the best experience. It was the old clubhouse when we, when the church met inside the garage. And Miss Kay, who still volunteers in preschool there, I had never dropped my kids off anywhere before because I'm a stay-at-home mom and so I was really nervous about that. And Miss Kay made it so easy. She got down on her knee and introduced herself to Jensen, who was three at the time, and was just so welcoming and so kind. I had no problem leaving him. And I expected him to cry when I left, but really it was me who cried when I dropped him off. Um, and I never had an issue taking them back there again. It's been a beautiful thing to watch, really, because it's it started out where sometimes we had to coax them a little bit. Oh, the, you know, you're gonna have activities, or you're gonna play, or you, there's lots of toys. And throughout the years, and it was, oh, we're going to the clubhouse, or we're going, oh, now you're going to Kids Venture. And so they, they would get a little excited. And now, uh, our kids are a little bit older, we, we park and we say, okay, come on everybody, and they're gone already because they already want to go to their respective areas. And so, see you later. And Actually, now our oldest son is actually volunteering in Clubhouse now, um, which is kind of come full circle for our family. I would have to say for me personally, um, with having my children involved uh, in the kids ministry. One, I saw how it transformed them and the questions that they were asking when they come home and things like that, but it also encouraged me to help other children, other families. Um, and I knew how I felt whenever I could drop my kids off in Clubhouse and feel safe and be able to go to service um, stress-free and um, grow my wisdom and my knowledge and knowing that my kids were in a safe place. Our future is linked to this building, this room specifically. If you aren't familiar, this room is a part of Kids Venture, the place where kindergarten through fourth graders learn about Jesus, play games, make new friends, and hear stories about people from the Bible. We have an incredible group of volunteers that teach this age group every week. And lately, this age group is increasing. At the same time, our future is growing fast in the clubhouse. We have the pleasure to play, sing, and dance with the little ones. Each room lists ratios for volunteers to kids to ensure our children are in a safe environment while we are able to enjoy the service. Over the past years, our church family has expanded, and there are several rooms that do reach capacity. We never want to turn away a family from our care, yet it does happen. Right after our first child was born, we decided we wanted to make church more of a priority than we had been in years past, and uh, we actually got a mailer from Crosspoint, and we decided to come check it out, so, so we've been here since. 
Yeah, we definitely noticed that they're excited to go to church. They they <clears throat> they bug us in the morning before service. You know, are we are we going in? I mean, is it is church tomorrow? So they're definitely excited about the experience. And as a family, it's just provided us, you know, that fellowship, that community. Well, well. There was one Sunday um, where I've had to take um, the three-year-old, which, you know, I didn't want to. It, it wasn't the it wasn't what I would have chosen to do. Um, but I will tell you that if they didn't have room for the baby, I probably wouldn't have gone into service that week. The three-year-old, he's got to learn how to sit, so I kind of made do, you know, figuring I was going to teach him a life lesson um, of how to sit in, in church and be quiet and behave. Um, but the baby you just can't do that with, and you just it wouldn't have been the same. So I know that if the position's unavailable, most likely I'm not going to, unfortunately, stick around that Sunday. As a volunteer in the baby room, now looking back at those kids that I was taking care of and seeing them grow and knowing that they're sticking around and having those conversations with the parents when they when they show up of you know how much it means to them that they get that hour um, to just go in and worship and and focus on themselves and in and, and church and not have to worry about their children because they're so grateful, especially the new moms. It gives, them, it gives them an hour to just relax and, and really focus on themselves and their journey. Our future starts with a little destruction. Actually, our future starts with a lot of destruction. These walls and rooms need to go so we can make room for their future. Our goal is to repurpose Fusion 56 for 5th and 6th graders to a dual classroom area that targets 3rd and 4th graders. Tearing down the office area will allow us to build two rooms with multiple entryways. It also will give more space to our current 5th and 6th graders and allow for a much needed bathroom expansion. The renovation in the Fusion 56 area will allow us the room to make this area special for our 5-year-old preschoolers. The plan is to section off this area with a new ceiling and wall to give our kindergartners-to-be a new place to get ready for elementary school. Which will lead to more space to benefit our babies, crawlers, and toddlers. Our rooms will become single-age and stage-specific, with more room for our toddlers and younger preschoolers. Crosspoint, we have changes to make. Psalms 22:30 says, Our children will also serve Him. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. Our children are the future, not only for our church, but for our city, our country, and our world. Everything we do as parents, caregivers, friends, teachers, and supporters is for their future. So hearing some of that, you get to hear these stories, these stories of transformation and stories of how our children's ministry is making a difference, but it doesn't just make a difference there. But as, we, as you hear some of that, you hear, wow, there's some plans with the church and, and they're planning on doing some things and giving more space to children's ministry. And that video, I don't think, does a good enough job being able to share that with you. And so Dave's going to come up here and kind of walk us through some of our spaces and how we're going to get more space to our children's ministry. Well, as you heard in that video, we're pushing the limits of the space that we have. So we need more space, and we need volunteers to serve in those spaces because we never 
want to have to turn a family away that comes to Cross Point. The great news is that we are able to do that, as you saw in the video, without building a new building. So what will that look like? Well, this is a floor plan here of our clubhouse and our kids' venture. Clubhouse is our preschool area. Kids' venture is kindergarten through fourth right now. The area that you see highlighted is a check-in and registration area for kids' venture. That area will still be a check-in registration, but we're going to update it. Right now, it's just some, uh, you know, impromptu stuff put together. We're going to make it more like our check-in that you see out here in the connector, where it will be state of the doors. There's only one door there right now. So this will help us to improve traffic flow by expanding that to a set of double doors. Another thing that we're going to be able to do, the area that's next to check-in and registration there, is the pre-K room. It's not right now, but that's what it will be. That wall that you see in this diagram is not existing right now. Right now, this is just serving as kind of an overflow area. It's one big giant room, and our third and fourth grade small groups actually meet in that area that says pre-K because in the area next to it that says kind uh, Kids Venture, K to 2, there's not enough room for all of our small groups. So we've kind of spilled them out into that area that's going to be the pre-K room, and we're going to, like they said, adjust, adjust the ceiling, adjust the flooring, adjust the furniture, and give the pre-K kids a brand new space. And so does that mean, what are we going to do with this Kids Venture space? Well, it's going to become kindergarten through second only. We won't have to redesign this space, but we're going to give it a facelift. We're going to make it look modern and current and very inviting, a great environment for our kids. So one of the most things I'm most excited about is that we get to kick our third and fourth graders out, which you might be like, why are you so excited about, you know, do you have like some hatred for third and fourth graders? No, it's actually I love them. And once we moved to them having their own small groups, we saw both of those groups just really grow and expand. And now they're finally going to get their own space. So as we move upstairs, this is the hallway that you saw in the video outlined in red. Those are the classrooms and that long hallway with the blue. All of those walls are going to go. The currently Fusion meets in that largest room right there. But instead of just having one environment and then some classrooms that we're really not using or we're underutilizing, we're going to create two big spaces. And you can see that in this diagram. And there's going to be a brand new check-in area. This will be a dual check-in for both third and fourth, our brand new environment, and fifth and sixth. And you can see they will come into the center of that building and there'll be doors going into each of those rooms. So they'll be able to check in at one place, move into those rooms, and then the exits are on the outside. So we've thought about traffic flow here as well to make it as easy for parents and the kids as we can. Now on the left side, you'll see the third and fourth grade. That's gonna be a brand new space just for them with a stage, with small groups, everything that we need. And then on the right side is our fifth and sixth grade area which will be an updated and improved place for our Fusion 56 kids. So those are the different areas that we are looking at. And I think what's really awesome about this is that we're going to have a lot of new square footage. In fact, it's going to be over 1,200 square feet of new space for kids. That's a 28% jump in the amount of space we have dedicated to kids right now. It is a significant jump because it not only is gonna allow for a new pre-K room, but when we move our pre-K out, that frees up other areas. I don't know if you've noticed, but we've got a lot of babies being born around Cross Point. We need more space. 
This allows us to double the space that we have for babies in our clubhouse and add this new environment. And it's going to feel like we're adding like 17 or 1,800 square feet because that area right now that's just kind of an overflow is going to be a designated space. And then all of that space upstairs will be brand new for third and fourth grade. So it's really, I'm, if you can't tell, I am like super excited about what we're going to be able to do for kids here at Cross Point. So that expansion is important for us because we are a growing church. As Dave has said, we, we've grown 43% in four years in our children's ministry. Our church has grown 39% during that same time period. So our children's ministry is outpacing the growth of our church. And so that is exciting for us as we continue to grow. And, and we have enough space here in our auditorium to continue to grow here. But we do not have enough space in our children's ministry areas. And so we need to do something in order to have more space for them. And, and when you hear this for their future and you hear us talking about children's ministry, I, I don't want you to think that this is only something we're doing for just the children. Because if you see how hey, they, they needed to find a church that they were going to get connected and get involved in. Because now they had some young kids and they're going, hey, we need to make sure that, that we are taking our kids to church. What we have discovered over and over and over again is that there are many times that you have adults that they've given up on church. Maybe they've even given up on God. And then they end up having kids. And then shortly after they have kids, they get a year, they get two years, maybe three behind them with a kid. And they're going, we think we need help. We think that there is someone that can help us raise our kids and help us so that we can do a better job than what we could do on our own. So what they do is many times they'll turn to a church. And they'll look to a church that they can get connected in because they want their kids to be taught some moral basis. Many times, it's not even about the spiritual that they're looking to the church for. They're going, we just want to find a church so that there can be some moral teaching. And then they go, hey, we think that if they'll find friends that are going to church, that that will be good friendships for them to have for life. And yes, we do all of that. And we provide all of that. But yet we provide some spiritual instruction as well. But it isn't just for the kids. Because those adults, after they drop their kids off, they come in here. And many of you, this would be your story. That you would say, yeah, you know what we did? We took our kids and then we came to church and we started hearing these things about the Bible and how that applied to my everyday life and how I began to trust God's word for what it says. And I began to apply those principles to my life and my life was getting better. And you began to have a hunger for a relationship with God that, that you didn't have before. And so when we talk about for their future, that it isn't just for the kids, it is for everyone. And it's why when we put a campaign team together, that our campaign team came up with this for their future title, but we also came up with a verse. And that verse is found in Psalm 22, verse 30. Future generations will hear about the wonders of the Lord. That because of what we do as a church, future generations, all generations, will hear about the wonders of the Lord. But I think that you guys are smart enough, and you're wise enough, that you go, hey, if we do all of that, isn't that going to cost something? And it is. And I want Dave to come up here and, and share with you what those costs are going to be. Have I got a deal for you? No. 
So the great thing is that we are not having to build a brand new building. We'd be talking about millions of dollars, but we're going to be able to increase this, this 28% jump, 1,200 square feet, by just repurposing some of the space that we already have. You saw from those diagrams and from the video, there's a lot of demolition. There's going to be a lot of construction that goes on. Well, the first part of our estimate is really that demolition and construction. We're estimating that will cost us about $103,000. Now, that includes expanding those restrooms, dealing with the ceilings, which means redoing electrical. It means redoing uh, sprinklers. All kinds of things are going in to that demolition and construction besides just tearing down and building walls. The next piece of it is design and theming, and we're estimating that to come in at $45,000. And some of you may be wondering, well, what exactly is designing and theming? I could probably hire an interior decorator for you, and we could come out at less than that. Well, let me explain a little bit about what designing and theming is. Most of you have walked by our connector area right out here in front of the clubhouse, and you've seen what that looks like. We'll put a picture up to remind you. This is what our clubhouse check-in desk looks like. It, it screams, we love kids. We've got a place for your kids. We have a place for your family. And we are so excited and proud about this. We hired a professional design team that helped design this just for Crosspoint. You won't see this anywhere else. And then we had this installed. We also did some work down the hallways. We knocked out some walls. We readjusted the rooms to give us the four that we have today. And all of that cost us. This does not scream, we love your kids. So the design and theming is costly, but it's so important to telling families that we are a church for you. Now in Kids Venture, we have an okay space, but it could look like this. Modern, new, we've got technology in there. It's very inviting for the kids. I'm sure we'll add other theming as well. So this space could replace what we currently have, which is more like this. Again, it's a usable space, but we want families to just and kids to be really excited to come back to Crosspoint because we know that gives us the chance to invest in them. And so that is the designing as well as the theming that we are hoping to be able to do. Now, along with that, if you're going to have a great space, we want to make sure that our presenters can be heard, so we need sound systems. We do a lot of stuff on video, so we need screens and projectors or TVs. We need lights. We need, there are all kinds of technical things that need to go on, not only to be updated for some failing equipment we've got in Kids Venture and Fusion. We need to update and replace that. We've got a whole new environment in our third and fourth grade that is gonna need that same thing. So the next thing is technology, and we're expecting that the technology will run us art rooms, all of those things. And then the final area is furnishings and decor. I mean, a great room for those pre-K would be fine with some nice carpet in it, but if we don't have some kid-sized furniture, if we don't have some toys, and even for the fifth and sixth graders, you know, their toys may look more like an air hockey table or a foosball table or maybe a couch to hang out on. But we need furnishings in all of those areas, and we need to decorate them in a way, again, that really tells our community we are here for their future. Our total price tag on all of this comes to $192,000, which, again, is, I think, a phenomenal amount. But some of you might not, might not share that. It depends on where you're at. So that $192,000 price tag, as Dave's saying, some, some of you guys hear that and go, wow, that's expensive. That's a lot of money. And other, other you guys say, wow, we're going to be able to do all of that for just $192,000, to which both of those are absolutely true. 
that those are, those are true. And so when we look at that, we've got to figure out a way of how is it that we're going to pay for that? Because it's going to take us as a church being able to have the resources in order for us to be able to pay for this. Because we don't want to go into debt in order for us to be able to do this project where we're going to be able to help reach other people for Christ. And so when we look at this project and what we're going to have to do, it's going to take us going, hey, what can I do to help this? I actually put a team together with Dave. Our, we did this together. We put this team together, and we actually met with about 70 households already. And we shared some of this with them. And as we shared this, we let them know that, that we're going to need some, some significant support in order to make this happen. And I shared a goal that I had. And the goal that I had is that we would have 50% support before I would ever come before you as a church as a whole and share this with you. And what we have is we had 47 households that have said, hey, we will commit to this. We will be part of this. And of those 47 households, we saw $98,350 already pledged. 51.2% of people at Crosspoint going, we're behind this. We want to be that church that's continuing to make a difference in the lives of others. So we hit that goal, and I am so glad that we've got people that have heard this and said, I'm ready, I want to get behind this. And so it can let the rest of our church know, wow, that's not that far off. That's something that we can absolutely do when we get behind this. Let me share with you a way that I see how we can get here. And it's the same thing that I shared with them. That I have a giving matrix that I want you guys to see. And on this giving matrix, it's not the way that somebody has to give. It just shows you how we can get there. That our ushers are going to be coming forward. We've got a flyer we want to hand out. It's got this matrix. It's got some other information in there. It's got the designs of what we're talking about doing. And so we want to pass those out so you guys can have those. But as you look at this matrix... Yeah, that, that's pretty big that we would have an individual, a household that would say we would give $10,000 or that we would have two households that would give $7,500 each to put us at, at $15,000. But as you look at this and you see this chart, that as we keep having people that are giving in a significant way, $5,000, $4,000, when we look at this, $3,000, $2,500, $2,500, $1,500, this, this giving this giving that would happen between May and December of this year, that, that this would happen, that, that we could do this with 110 households participating. And so as you look at that and you think about that, what I want you to do is I want you to think about the ways that you could be supporting for their future. And as you look at that, I, I want to share with you three particular things of ways that you can be supporting for their future. That you might be here for the very first time, and I'm asking everybody to support this first way. And that is, I'm praying about being a church, that, that we'd be a lighthouse, that we would be a source of hope, that, that people would come to, that we would do that. That we would all be praying that we would have the resources as a church in order to expand and be able to continue to do ministry to these kids that just keep coming. In fact, there's another way that you can be involved in praying. And that is on April 25th and 26th, we're going to be doing a 24-hour prayer-a-thon where we're going to let you sign up for a 15-minute prayer slot. We're going to have a prayer guide so you go, hey, this is what I can be praying for. 
And you'd sign up. You can do that from the comfort of your home, from your office, from where you want to be. We're going to have some of those hours that we're going to have the place open here. You could come here and pray. And in order for you to sign up for a slot, that you would text PRAY15, all one word, PRAY15, and you would text that to 555-888, and it's going to give you the link of what you can do and how you can sign up for a 15-minute prayer slot. A second way to support is to serve. That if you're part of Crosspoint, this is a church that you regularly attend, and you're not serving anywhere, you're not on our dream team, I'd love for you to consider serving in our children's areas. That as we get ready to roll this out and roll out a whole new area, it's going to take an increased workforce in order for us to do this great ministry. And there's so many different ways that you can help in our kids' ministry. We have people that you don't even have to like kids and you can serve in our kids' ministry. Because we've got different behind-the-scenes things that are taking place that you don't even have to be directly with the kids. You might be somebody that go, hey, I've got a lot of Bible knowledge. I'd love to help teach them. We'd love to take you. You might be somebody that goes, I really don't know that much about our Bible, so I don't know how I could help. Believe me, you could help. We, we need people that are going to be there and just going to love on those kids and show them that somebody cares and somebody's glad that they're here. There's so many different ways, Dave, that you would love to have them plug in and serve if you're not currently serving anywhere. The third is the one that probably is that obvious one that comes to your mind, and that is give. That, that, that you would give to for their future. That these are the three ways that you'd pray, that you'd serve, that you would give. And as you think about giving, giving is, is something that I would encourage you to pray about it before you would ever decide what you are going to give. Cheryl and I have known for a long time that this campaign was coming. And so as I've had time, as she's had time, we've prayed about this, we've talked through this. God really just put a, put a number out there that was a, a pretty big, significant number, I feel like, that he wanted us to be able to give, and, and we agreed to give that. And as we agreed to give that, we were at peace with that. We're okay with that. Okay, God, we will do that. It's yours. And we made our commitment. We, we turned in our pledge. And then when, when we, after we decided what we were going to give, we, we actually opened our mailbox one day, and, and we had literally 3000 that even more recently since then, we found out about another $1,000 that, that we have coming that it was like, wow, we, we got that coming too? And it's been so neat because as we prayed about what we should give, to watch that, that God has gone, hey, God, well, Cheryl, you guys were faithful. You, you committed, but I'm, I'm going to give some of that back to you. And that has been so encouraging just to watch God do that. And so really, as you think about giving, I really want you to start with praying for, about for their future before you would ever decide to give to for their future. So Dave, I want you to come up here and just share some, some last and closing thoughts with us about that. And those pledges, we're asking that those would come in on May 5th, and those are going to be in that handout that you had as well. So there's two things I would challenge you to do before you leave today. One of the ways that will mention to support this is through prayer. And I would ask that you pray, not just about what you might give, I would ask that you pray for every one of those volunteers and every one of those kids that's in all of those environments, as well as ones that may come to those environments. We have these leaves, they're up here all across the state, 70 individuals, couples, and families that were written on these leaves. These are people that don't have a connection to God, or maybe they've, they've walked away from the church they're not connected to a church anymore. So if you know someone in our community 
that you're thinking, I really want to be praying for their future because maybe they do have kids and you're hoping they'll be prompted like so many to return to church and you would like for us to be praying for them, write those names down and there's two collection containers up here and put that in there because prayer is such an important part of what we're doing and we want to have God's blessing on all that we do. So I would encourage you to think of that person in your neighborhood. It might be an adult, it might be a kid, it might be a teenager, but come write that family down or that individual down and put it in one of these. The other thing is we've got a photo op for you. Out in the connector area, there is a big banner with For Their Future on it. We just want you to take your phone, we'll take a picture for you, and then post that on social media. We've got some signboards that hold up that say, I am praying for their future. I'm giving, or not I'm giving, we're not doing that one. I'm supporting. So you don't, we're not asking you, hey, you, you know, you're committed to giving. That's one of the ways, but we want you to pray about that. But if, if you're willing to pray and support for their future through your prayers, even if you haven't decided if you're going to give the other two ways by serving or giving, if you're just, I want, I'm excited about what's going on at Crosspoint, we would just ask you to take a picture out there at that photo area. The other thing you can grab while you're out there is a magnet, one per family, so you can put that on your refrigerator because that's going to remind you to be praying for their future, to be praying for all of the work is, that has to be done, to be praying for those volunteers, and to be praying for all of the kids that are going to be coming. So grab a magnet. Um, be sure that you bring up, uh, come down. There's markers down here in leaves. Write those names down that we can be praying for as well. And we will see you next weekend is Easter. We have services on Saturday. So if you were able to come at 6 p.m. on Saturday, that would really help us free up some space for our Sunday services so that we don't have to turn away any families next weekend. So Saturday night at 6 and Sunday at 9, 30, and 11. We will see you guys next Saturday and Sunday.